he's the man that everybody looks to like for advice and counsel. Um, and he's just always had that a, a certain spirit about him. He's a very, very calm, very laid back guy. Um, you know, always, uh, always been a hard worker, uh, church going man, even, even now today at the, the ripe old age of 93. Uh, wow. And, uh, yeah, like he's he, his positive influence come from just kind of seeing him where no matter what the situation, he's always like the calmest person in the room. Hmm. Like just nothing gets him worked up. It could be like the most, it could be the worst situation ever, and he's just chill. Like he never responds. Like it's never reactionary. Everything he does is very carefully considered um, before he he takes action. Um, but even with him being calmly back, he's he's always been just like a very uh, a pleasant and loving person to be around. Um, you know, always always have a kind word uh, to say. Um, my father, um, my father is a little bit of the opposite um, in the sense of uh, person in eyes. Whereas my uh, grandfather is very laid back. My father is a more gregarious individual. So he's a person like he can, he can work any room, right? Like, so he's the kind of person he's going to walk into a room and you think he's already met everybody there. And that's like the first time him being there. Um, he's, he's, he has that kind of, kind of personality. Yeah. Um, and so um, also a hard worker um, and holds very high standards for, um, himself and for his his kids, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm one of their. I've got I've got two sisters. Um, what I learned, what my father is is the positive as he had is really he's um, to don't you know he's made mistakes like any person, but he's he's one of people that's very to be very honest about his mistakes. Um, and I remember growing up that, you know, he was always, you know, could talk about those mistakes and like how, you know, what he learned from it and how like, hey, look, I did these things, but you don't have to. Like, you can be better. You can avoid this. Here's how you do that. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, from him, it was just really kind of picking up that, you know, you can make whatever choices that you have to make. But that doesn't mean that um, you can't better yourself and it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, set up you know, those that look up to you on a better path than, you know, what you, you know, choices and things that you may have made in the past. So um, uh, I would say the top two would be, yeah, definitely my, my grandfather and my father. Uh, but of course there, there, there are several others, um, which kind of thinking going into this podcast, I didn't realize how many different positive male role models I've actually had in my life. Um, and dare I say, you know, unfortunately, I think it's probably an anomaly because, I mean, I think about all of the male teachers I actually had, like black male teachers yeah. that I had in school. Um, and it's, you know, you just don't see that anymore. I mean, and every single one of them was very memorable, memorable in their own ways. And, you know, there are things that they, they taught me um, in ways. And some of them I'm even still in touch with today, you know, we communicate with. So, um you know, I just wish, uh, you know, I wish every, every, every black man, especially could, could have that. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. My, my father's the same way. It's like, um, 
and I don't know, maybe it's like a generational curse, if you will, quote unquote, because uh, we can go to Walmart, he'll pop in there and we won't even be able to go down to the milk section without him saying hi to at least 50 people. But, mm-hmm. and, and I get that he's the same way too. Um, didn't really give too much praise, but if anything, I think he was more so of like a, uh, just a physical example of this is how you're supposed to move through, uh, through life. And this is how you're supposed to function. This is how you're supposed to think. Uh, he did give, uh, a lot of jewels of wisdom. The one that mainly sticks out to me was, uh, I don't care if you're a criminal or the president, just make sure you do it right to the best of your abilities. I know I'm paraphrasing that, but that was the message that stuck with me. So I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, I'll let you go ahead and speak, Eric. So I'm going to probably be the antithesis of of, of Doug um, in that in my family, I've had some decent men um, that were flawed. Um, My father wasn't in my life. I do have a relationship with him, but he was a a very flawed man in, in so much as being a father. I do have what I call tugboats in my life that I just like Doug, that you, you kind of start thinking about, okay, this person and that person, they weren't um, mentors or father figures per se. There were, there were men that in my life that through just one, either one casual or even not so casual um experience just kind of bumped me in the direction that I need to go, kind of like a tugboat with a ship. I'm going to speak of one tugboat and one family member that that it's I, I feel are, are positive. The, the first one is my uncle, um, who is my, my father's brother, another flawed man, um, and he would readily admit that to you. But he seemed to kind of step up when my father didn't. And again, it, it wasn't a whole lot that he did, but I do remember him picking me up uh, one time and I just started driving and he basically threw me the keys to his car and says, do you drive? I said, yeah, you know, I have a license. That's fine. So I'm, I'm driving this man's El Camino and you know, I'm from, I'm from LA and you know, that's kind of a thing, you know, El Camino's. And, um, you know, we, he, he, you know, we, we spent the night over his house, um, you know, with my cousins and I saw my uncle more than I saw my own father. And to this day, I was just out in California and he's trying to get his concealed carry permit along with my brother. So the three of us went shooting. I, you know, I hadn't seen my uncle in a while, so it was good to, 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 to see him. And then, um, you know, the, I think the next day when I was at the airport, he gave me a call and we had a, a long conversation just about, everything just kind of catching up and um you know that, that felt really good you know um so that was one but the, the major one that i wanted to talk about today was um master sergeant carswell master sergeant carswell was my um flight chief when i was in the air force i was a, a jet engine mechanic i had enlisted straight out of high school i got in the air force and i was just you know, what most 18 year old black, young black man at that time, we just, some of us were just full of, of, of piss and vinegar. Um, I myself personally, I had an attitude issue. 
I didn't realize it until I got in the Air Force that I had a problem with with authority. And it wasn't that I, I, I wanted to be Billy Badass and just, you know, do my, just be a, just, just be a general nuisance. It was that I, it's, when stuff didn't make sense to me, I just questioned it. And, you know, being in the military, there's a lot of things that didn't make sense. So I wasn't, uh, you know, I just, just had an attitude. So I, I, I want to say it was my second or third year of my enlistment. And I had some, some run-ins already. Previous flight chief was, was cool, but wasn't very hands-on. Um, things didn't seem fair racially and just, 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 I was just having a bad time. So I think I was on the path to not being being allowed to to reenlist again. Sergeant Carswell became our flight chief. This is something that I don't think I will ever forget till the day I you know till the day I leave this plane of existence. So we were in formation at the beginning of the shift. I don't know what I had an attitude about. There's a lot of things that I don't necessarily remember detail by detail, but I do remember that I had an attitude. And um, Sergeant Carswell kind of stood in front of me and yeah, Sergeant Carswell was a big black man. When we talk about big black men with their physical presence, this man was, he was, I want to say six, two, six, three. Um, I'm five ten. all of 180 pounds, 190 pounds at the time. And I said something smart. And you know, usually, and 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 at that point, I was just so used to to, to having my 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 ass. Oh, can we cuss? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just had to press uh, having my, <laughs> 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 having having my ass chewed so that I was expecting that. So he came. He walked up to me, and he wanted to. I saw it in his eyes. This man wanted to get in my ass. And he looked down at me and he says, you know something, Murphy? Put his finger up and said, just gave me that look like, never mind. And continued on with the briefing. So I am standing there in bewilderment. I'm puzzled. I'm trying to figure out what the next move is going to be. And uh, he, he didn't do anything. Ah, this is very un-military. So after the, after we we fell out of formation, he called me into his office, and I was like, "Well, this is where it's going to happen." So he called me in, and again, don't remember the actual details, but you know the saying, "I can, I can, I don't necessarily remember what you said, but I remember how you made me feel." And I remember that that conversation going another way. It was. Unlike any other conversation I had in the Air Force at that point, where he just kind of explained to me how I was, how I was, and 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 how much better I can be, and he did, he did do his fair share of chewing me out now. But it was basically a refreshing. Listen, man, I need you to step your game up. That kind of brotherly love that black men need to have with each other. So I walked out of there. I can't say I was a changed person, but I was well on my way. And it was just a black man taking time with a young black man to say, hey, 
you could be better. Let me show you how. You could be better. Control your attitude. You can be better. Just do X, Y, Z. Um, the man had an M3, a, and I don't know if you guys are car aficionados, but this was an E30 M3. So we, we, we had a day where we were cleaning up the, uh, the, uh, office or something like that. And, um, he called me over and he says, Hey, go put some gas in my car. Well, like most times I was like, Oh, really? I'm, 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 I'm the gas getting boy now. All right. But this man had an M3. So here I am all of 20 years old, I think, threw me the keys to his M3. Who does that? <laughs> Who throws the keys of their BMW M3 to a 20-year-old? Nobody I know. So <laughs> I take this man's car and I go get gas in it. Um, and just, just, just that trust, that level of trust, really kind of, you know, look at, at the time it didn't seem like, it was a wild deal, don't get me wrong, but looking back in hindsight, that was a big deal, you know? And uh, I just kind of I just kind of want to thank him. I mean, some, sometimes I feel like I'm reach, reaching out to him and, and tell him, you really set the path of my life in a, in a better direction. Because after that point, I did get better. I, I, I was able to, to re-enlist if I wanted to. Um, the, the, you know, I decided to, to get out of the Air Force, and the day that we were – I was separating. They gave me, he gave me a plaque, you know, they gave everybody a plaque. And he says, you know, we got Murphy, right. I got, you know, we got him squared away finally. And now he's leaving us. That was that right there set, set me, set me right, man. I mean, I, I, I've never felt, I had a profound sense of pride in that, you know, um, I don't have a lot of, 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 again, a lot of people, a lot of positive black males in my life. I can, I can say, hey man, you know that person there, that person there. But I do remember Sergeant Carswell, and uh, yeah, that was that was that was the one, man. That was the one. That's good to hear, man. And yeah, it it's doesn't surprise me that you're able to find uh, somebody that was in charge and black in the military that could lead you right because you know he's looking at what you're going through from his perspective and he may have gone through the same thing and you're right. It is that brotherhood that does set us straight and keeps us on a, uh, on a good path because if we don't have it, God only knows where we're going to end up at. And there's already enough of that going on. And he was probably tired of seeing it or he's dealt with it before to make sure that you don't get caught up in a turnpike, if you will. Just you know, like, the flight chief, the flight chief I had before that was also a black man, and and he was a he was a good dude. Don't get me wrong. What I'm about to say, I had told him, I said, if you can get me the hell out of here, get me the hell out of here, and he was like, okay. <laughs>